The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. And welcome to Success Happens. This is Jen. It is an amazing day. Can I just say amazing day? We have got a show for you. And I'm going to try and manage all the different people and parts because we're covering a lot. But I want to just frame something up with you guys. This is the last weekend before the election. When you're out there and you see these candidates waving signs and waiting, waving, toot for your faves. Because they need your love and support right now. They're tired. It's down the final stretch. And they just want to know that they're feeling the love. So give them your support because it takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage, and a lot of resources to run for office. So let's really give them that support. Secondly, I want to remind us of something. That no office is bigger than government. And no government is bigger is about the man or the woman. It's not about the person. The office of the president, the offices, office of the governor, these are roles and responsibilities that we endow to them as the people. And we have to take that really seriously. And no man or woman is above the law and no man or woman is above us, we the people. We put them there. They need to remember that. They don't serve themselves in their next role. They serve us right now, right now, and right now. And I have thought a lot about this because there are people who think that they are bigger than the role. Their personality overtakes their sensibilities and, frankly, their ethics. We are in an election of our lifetime right now. We say that every year. No, this really is it. Like, I believe that if 2022 does not get rectified and if we the people don't really get our voice heard and really get to elect who we want, we will be communist. Because we're already there. It already, we're already showing semblances of it in our daily lives, in our social structures, In our government entities, I just got something from somebody who said the CDC, it's a Hopkins guy. I actually reached out to him and said, will you come on my show? You know, the the people aren't, the medical professionals have not been speaking up about that which they know is wrong. There have been crimes against humanity, that's a for sure. The things that are coming out now about COVID are horrific. Yes, this is about elections, but elections have consequences. And when you put people in office who abuse their power and impose things like jabs on the people that are killing people, the rise in instant, uh, what do they call it, adult um, uh, instant death, like this, this, like SIDS, but it's for adults, is on the rise. All of a sudden, people are just dropping dead. It's happening. Morticians apparently aren't even getting the – this is sick – aren't even getting the baby bodies from the hospitals. In some places, they are just cremating them if they are born um, 
stillborn or whatever as a result of, of all that's been going on in this medical crisis that we've been in. So these elected candidates, these candidates who will become your elected officials are critical to ensure our safety and our well-being. Make no mistake. So today I'm going to rock and roll. We've got our first person on with me is going to be Neil Parrott, who is candidate for Congress uh, in the congressional CD6, Maryland CD6. And Neil, first of all, remind people your role currently in government. And good morning. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. And my regular role right now, I'm a Maryland state delegate. I've been there for 12 years. And before that, I was actually, um, I worked for the Maryland State Highway Administration for about 14 years. I was a city engineer. The official title was the deputy director of engineering for the city of Frederick. And then I started my own company, Traffic Solutions Incorporated, which uh, I still do today. We, we do traffic studies. Okay, so you're smarty pants. I got it. So, so with all of that engineering background, you know, I think engineers bring logic and, and you're pretty black and white. There's not a lot of gray. It, it just is or it isn't, right? Is that accurate kind of in the thinking of an engineer? It is. You know, is the bridge going to stand up or is it going to fall down? You know, you need to make sure it's going to (laughs) work. Precisely. Okay, now bringing that talent to bear in Congress, boy, I I can see a multitude of places that could make a difference. Um, Obviously, infrastructure is a big thing, and there have been a lot of concerns about the infrastructure being tired Mm -hmm. in the United States as a physical thing. But when you look at the infrastructure of government and you look at, how work gets done, and frankly, the dysfunction of Congress that we've seen for so long. Unless there's tremendous power with one side or the other, nothing gets done. How do we ensure that we come back to our senses about what's best for we the people, regardless of party? Well, it's interesting. You know, we look at what's happening in our country right now, and I, I anytime we do speaking engagements, I ask people, uh, do you think we're on the right track or on the wrong track? And everyone says we're on the wrong track, and we can all see it. What we have is a Congress and a president that's just out of control. They think they can just spend trillions here, trillions there. Now, pretty yeah, it's soon, like monopoly money. Yeah, exactly. And pretty soon the dollar's not worth very much, and it becomes like monopoly money. And so there's no wonder why inflation is as, as high as it is. And it's surprising to me the person I'm going to run against hopefully in uh, November is David Trone. And he just supports the Biden-Pelosi agenda 100%. You think as a business guy, you know, I'm a business guy, you think as another business guy, he would understand you can't just spend these trillions of dollars and have no repercussions. And yet he doesn't seem to care at all. And But people who are in need, and I've worked in human services for a long time, they don't care. In other words, all they care about is getting their needs met. And I get it. Like, they're struggling. They're on the brink of poverty. They're on the brink of, you know, financial ruin. They're, they're, they're using cash cards. They're, they, they're on Medicaid. They don't have any money. So when you throw something in front of them, like, here's a gold coin. Here's money for the XYZ. Here's money for education. Here's money for that. People are going to eat that up. How do you – part of this is a problem of, like, educating the masses that it, the money doesn't really, really doesn't grow in trees. Well, it doesn't. And actually, even people in that situation you're talking about, they see in that now because they're getting the gold coin, but it's not what it was worth a year ago. Uh, you know, just this last month, inflation, 9%. If you didn't get basically an 8% raise in the last year, you took a pay cut. And 
It's interesting you talked about people getting things from the government. We need to help people to become more self-sustaining. You know, 1994, Newt Gingrich, the contract with America, they came in and they had welfare-to-work reform. Bill Clinton actually vetoed that bill twice, but the third time signed it because he knew that it was very popular with the people. And we have to move back towards those types of solutions, getting people going back into the workforce. And it's in. It's very and by the way, they feel better. They feel better about themselves. Their self-esteem is higher. People want to know they have value and something to contribute. Oh, that's exactly right. If they're working, they, they do. They feel much better about themselves, their family, they're self-reliant. And it's not only good for society, but it's good for, for them personally. If, you have, if you're compassionate at all, you want people to be able to be working or at least volunteering and, and out there doing things that are contributing to society and helping them, again, feel good about themselves. And so that's a big priority of mine when I go down to D.C. is to get rid of a lot of these Obama uh, – what he did was got rid of those requirements to volunteer or to work. And we need to bring those back in. I actually did it as a Maryland state delegate uh, in Washington County. I introduced a local bill just for Washington County. I would have introduced it statewide. Actually, I did the next year. But I knew it wouldn't pass. Baltimore City, this delegates, they state senators, there's, there's no way they would let that pass. But for Washington County, I brought it forward. To say that let's get rid of the relaxed requirements. If, if they're someone who's they're able-bodied, they don't have dependents, they should be working if they're going to get food stamps. And thankfully, the Hogan administration looked at my bill. They talk, talked with me and said, well, you know, the exemption, because it was an exemption under Obama, that they didn't have to work uh, doesn't apply to Washington County anymore. And when they took that requirement away, it was fantastic. The results were about 80% of the people who were on the food stamp program just went away. They weren't part of the program anymore. And those that were on the program had a much, much high, higher percentage of working. And, you know, it's not just Washington County. We saw this exact same results in the state of Maine when they got rid of their exemptions, their, their governor at the time did, and asked people to go back to work. It was fantastic. People went to work. They got off the programs. And like you said, now they're feeling better about themselves. They're not of the government dole. They're actually self-reliant and contribute to society, and, and they feel, and they know it. They can feel it. You know, you mentioned Hogan, and I have real disappointment. I mean, that's saying it mildly, about the Hogan administration and where we ended up. And I, that's why I support Dan Cox for governor. He will be calling in shortly. Okay. But when we look at what happened with the Hogan administration and the abuses of power. You went out against Hogan. I give you great credit for that. That takes huge, you know the word, uh, you know, huge cojones to just be sh- be willing to stand up for what was right, regardless if it was popular or people would like you or, or for the fear of them not liking you. And there were some repercussions. It's never... Uh, politically healthy to go against the establishment in Annapolis. And when you talk about the, uh, so pin that, when we go to Baltimore City, Baltimore City has been a disaster for decades and it's only gotten worse. The convention business doesn't even want to go there anymore. Mm -hmm. I've talked to people in that business. They've told me we don't want to go to Baltimore. And then that affects the restaurants and the hotels and hospitality. It It just rolls downhill and the jobs. So whatever Baltimore's been doing and that they didn't have an appetite for what you supplied them is exactly why they're a disaster. Oh, it would help them. You're right. People in Baltimore City who are on the brink of poverty want to feel valued. 
that knows no economic strata. It knows no color, race, creed, or religion. So, um, you know, when so I want to make sure we get that out there. Baltimore City needs to be fixed. Baltimore City needs a, a do-over. And it, it, and it needs to happen soon because you cannot turn around Maryland until you turn around Baltimore City. But back to Hogan. With your stance, what do you see? Let's say you get into Congress. Dan gets into the governorship. Michael Perutka, who's also joining us, is gets in as a, attorney general. We have a complete renovation in Maryland. What do you see possible, Neil? Well, just talking for the Congress level, um, there are so many things that we can do. Uh, I, one of the reasons I'm running, of course, is for my kids, the next generations. I've seen a country right now that's in trouble. We've got to have energy independence, and we can do that. The, these are self-inflicted wounds from the Biden administration and backed up by the Pelosi, Trone, Yeah, it was intentional. Congress. It was absolutely strategic. Well, whether they meant to do these results or not, uh, anyone could have predicted these results would have happened. The very first day of office, Biden gets in there and says, okay, well, that Keystone XL pipeline – we're going to shut it down, and we're going to pay damages to these private developers that wanted to build it. I mean, how does that make sense? Our taxpayer money paying private developers to not build um, something that would have been a huge benefit, not only to our country and to Canada, but the rest of the world, to get really good energy out there. And it was clean energy. Uh, and at the same time, he opened up the pipeline that went from Russia to Germany with the Nord Stream 2. And that allowed them to bypass the Ukraine. And when you bypass the Ukraine, that allows what we see internationally that Russia now feels like they could go ahead and have an unstable Ukraine because they can still get their main product to Europe through this Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And even though it's shut down right now, it's completed. All they need to do is turn a key and they can get that energy there. They know that. And if Europe gets desperate enough, when they get desperate enough, this winter probably, because they're going to need to have the energy to heat their homes uh, and to keep their businesses running, they're going to open it up. Uh, right now, Russia's making a fortune because oh, yeah, of the oil Oh, yeah, they their prices or something. It's outrageous. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, so we're boycotting them, and yet it's still a product that's needed internationally, and so people are paying a fortune to go to Russia to get their energy. And that energy could have been coming from here. You know, the very first day of office also, President Biden comes in and shuts down a lot of the federal land leases for oil and gas. And again, we're paying damages <laughs> to these private companies um, for shutting down that lease and basically not doing what we promised that we would do. But if all we have to do is open that back up again, we need to get the, the pipeline going. We could have energy independence here again. And I believe in Congress. That's one of the things that I'm going to work for. Energy independence, that's going to bring our gas prices back down. It's going to help us be not supplying Russia with all this extra money. Even if it's not coming from us, it's still coming because it's a commodity and it needs to come from somewhere. Well, in Venezuela, Iran, they're all making a lot of money right now. They're making a fortune and it's it's a real shame. These are all our enemies that we're talking about. Even right now, Biden is yeah, in we, Israel. We are funding, get this people, we are funding the enemy. Let it's, that smack you upside the head. And it's on purpose. Yes, it is. We could be doing it on our own. And it's very, very disappointing that we have a president and a Congress that's not really willing to stand up for the American people, stand up for freedom, stand up for things that are going to help us to be successful. Neil, God bless you. I'm glad you're running. And I, and I, this is a tough race. CD6, I know all the candidates. Um, there's three or four of you all that would be great. So you, the voter, really have to discern who has the experience, the intellect, and the drive, and frankly, the courage to do what's going to be t have to be done. Because 
you can't do this because you'll be liked. Shout out to Senator Manchin, who has stood up against his colleagues when he needed to. Shout out to Jim Jordan, Congressman Jordan, who has been a a hero, um, and many, many others who have been willing to do what they had to do to do the right thing, especially when it wasn't popular. So I really, really wish you well. And uh, I think your engineering background would be tremendous, given what we're dealing with right now as a nation. Thank you. And comment on this a little bit. Yes, please. Tell people how they can support you. Sure. There are three or four good candidates. It's great. But, you know, there wouldn't be any chance. It would be much more diminished to win this race had I not sued the state of Maryland. So in in December, they passed a very terrible gerrymandered map. I've been working against the map that Governor O'Malley passed back in 2012. And so when that map was passed, I took it to referendum. People all across the state signed those petitions, literally tens of thousands of signatures, um, and went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. We learned from that. So when I sued and worked with Judicial Watch this time, uh, we won. And we said they need to follow the Maryland state constitution. I love it. And so that's why we can beat David Trone uh, this coming November. And I'm hoping that people join me to help beat David Trone. I've already started the first thing. We've changed the map. But there are a lot more things that we can do. So they can help me by going to my website. It's neilparrott.org. It's N-E-I-L-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. So double R, double T, dot org. Um, please join the team. Please make sure to get out and vote this coming Tuesday if you haven't voted already. Uh, they're open from 7 to 8 p.m. And this is going to be it's a very exciting election. For the first time in really 10 years, we can take back Western Maryland and Central Maryland and to we get should. real representation. Not yeah. for somebody who lives in Potomac, right. but I live right here uh, in Hagerstown. I lived in Middletown. I was a city engineer in the city of Frederick. Certainly know the people. I shop with the people, talk to the people. You know, And, and just to go right back to you talked about the businesses under Hogan, that that lawsuit. And, you know, it's, it was disappointing. I was in TGI Fridays. Probably everybody remembers where they were when they said, okay, we're going to shut down in two hours. I'm like, why? You know, all businesses are essential. None of them should be shut down. The churches need to be open. Sure, educate people, but let them make their own decisions. And um, hopefully we can see that moving forward. This this is not a good direction that our country went in to allow all those businesses to get shut down. And, and a lot of them never opened back up. Very disappointing. Well, and I heard a statistic, and on that note, I'm going to say goodbye and thank you. We we are looking at perhaps another 50% of businesses won't make it. This is, this is, we are in life support, guys, life support. And you have to choose wisely. And by the way, watch this election for fraud. Make no mistake, there's a lot at stake here. People who have done wrong could go to jail. So they don't want to go to jail. So they'll do whatever they got to do to make sure they don't go to jail. Because election fraud is serious. It's a felony. So whatever happened in 2020, and that game isn't over yet, it's still being played. Because election fraud happened. So for those people who committed those acts, they should go to jail. On that note, you're listening to Success Happens. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Dan Cox running for governor in the great state of Maryland. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. And Dianovich and Associates, a great security company. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and it is great to have you here. Thank you, Daniil, for being with us. Our next candidate 
is Dan Cox running for governor. And he's a friend, but he's really, um, he became a friend after he was a leader for me. And he was somebody who fought for us and fought for me personally and showed me how to fight for myself in my business. And I became an advocate and I, and I learned from, from him what I needed to do to save group fitness in Anne Arundel County. And yes, I did that. I went up against the county executive because somebody had to. We could not allow him to shut us down again right before Christmas. And he was going to shut down restaurants. And Dan fought for the restaurants alongside Ed Hartman. And they they saved the restaurant business in Anne Arundel County. So I'm so proud of you, Dan. Thank you for running for governor. We so love and appreciate you. Welcome. Wow. Well, thank you, Jen. That's very gracious. And we love you. Appreciate you getting the word out. I mean, you are out there every day uh, informing and educating voters and it's important and as you said just a little bit earlier you know this is it this is our our moment our time and if we don't correct this and get us back on track for freedom uh it's it's not over i mean everyone that you know uh just went through the the two years together uh one you know we we look back and we we wonder was it worth it you know how did our kids survive this and and yet now they're looking to do it again this is about making sure that they never try to take possession of our children's breathing apparatus, you know, our our face, the face of our children, the nose, the the air that we breathe, the the forced vaccination with um, experimental jabs. I mean, we're talking about experiments now, EUA jabs. And and then also the destruction of our ability to eat, to function, to, to have a business, as you mentioned. This was... Uh, amazing that um, we've made it this far, but we're on the edge. Like you said, this is precarious. They're looking, talking about new strains and uh, new, uh, you know, new mandates that could happen. And that's wrong. We've got to make sure it never happens again. I'm running to make sure that our children, our careers and our community safety is foremost. And if we don't get everybody out and vote that believes like we do, then uh, you can just say, well, I don't know if Maryland's going to survive this. Well, there's so much in what you said. I, I've been getting so much content sent to me in the last 24 hours. Um, so there's a couple of concerns I have, and I know I only have you for a few minutes. Um, can you, Dan, can you hold on for just a minute while we take a quick news break? And sure then we'll come back, and we're going to talk about uh, the jab. And I want everybody to know that you need to really understand the repercussions of taking the the jab because they are seeing these massive what look like blood clots but they're not in the blood and it's killing people so you have to actually understand that which you're dealing with in your body it's your body it is your choice and you make sure that you're doing what you know to do for yourself and your life that's not to be confused with my body the baby right because the baby's life is separate than yours. We'll be right back. The program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Free Talk, 930 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. It's great to have you all with us. This is the last weekend before we all vote on Tuesday. And... um, I hope most people have waited till Tuesday. I think there's something special about voting on Election Day. I don't believe in 
<clears throat> pardon me, ro- rolling it out two weeks and, and starting it three months early. I just think all of that is a distraction. There's a, there's a privilege that it is to vote. And we should have one person, one vote on one day with one ballot. And stop the nonsense with these machines. We're smart enough to count ballots. I think we can handle the math. Anyway, good morning and welcome back. Dan Cox, running for governor here in the great state of Maryland. It's so great to have you with us, Dan. Before the break, we were talking about COVID and mandates and and the nonsense that was imposed on us by a um, overzealous, I think I'm being generous, uh, administration and the Hogan people who thought that they knew better than us and how to manage our lives. What will you do as governor, Dan, to make sure that this kind of overreach by government ceases and desists? Well, this is the key difference between myself and my opponent, Kelly Schultz, because she, as Commerce Secretary, uh, invented the, quote, non-essential list, shutting down Maryland, shutting down our businesses, shutting down our churches, uh, you know, creating the policy that ended up pressuring the schools to be shut down for for really years and and, and uh, creating this nonsense that uh, caused so many businesses to go out of business. And and my policy is very clear. On day one, we're going to end all such mandates. We're going to make sure that if anyone, any business or corporation, tries to force a citizen of Maryland into any kind of uh, health mandate, uh, they will be the, the, the entities uh, seeing a fine, not the people of Maryland. So no more jabs for jobs. Those jabs, those, excuse me, those jobs that have been lost, like the 3,500 healthcare workers that work double shifts through the uh, COVID uh, time period, now then were, then were fired by the state of Maryland and encouraged also throughout the, with the policy throughout the entire healthcare system to be fired. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Those individuals are going to be eligible under my administration for having their jobs back and back pay. We've got to correct this. It's a civil rights discrimination, massive uh, issue that has to be corrected. And, and never as a again cons- will we have this. And a, you're a constitutional attorney, so you're an expert on such things. So so people really need to believe this. I mean, it's, it's not Dan making it up. It, it really is, you know, they've violated our constitutional rights. I want to move to something else. I- and it was upheld. I, I can say this, too. It was upheld in Florida. Governor DeSantis... Uh, is the one that is also leading the way in the country. Governor Nome of uh, Christy Nome of South Dakota never did lock down or force anything, and so she's a rock star. But Governor DeSantis, um, you know, had to fight the establishment in Florida on this, and the courts upheld his executive orders uh, protecting the people from such overreach. So I want to go. I want to go to one more thing, Dan, before I bring on Michael Perutka, who's going to join our conversation. Sure. The Democrat. Governor's Association has spent a lot of money trying to take you down. I think that's on behalf of Kelly because you're running against Kelly, not them yet. So why are they so interested in tearing you up? Because they've spent millions of dollars sending out three mailers yeah. on against how conservative Dan is. Let's let's get straight, people. I don't care if you are white, black, Asian. Hispanic, Latino, or any other nationality, religion, or creed, or frankly, sexuality. I don't care. You care about family. You care about freedom. You care about making a buck. 
you care about running businesses or working for businesses that you love and appreciate and who take care of you, you want to be self-sufficient and self-sustaining. That's who we are as Americans. Yes. So stop the nonsense about Dan is too conservative because that's a non-think conversation, as my father would say. Shout out to Dan. <laughs> so you can't – you can't. that's illogical. It makes no sense. It doesn't match the who the people are. So they're coming after you, Dan, because – I think because you're the front runner and they know they're facing you in November. So this point of people saying you can't win the general, will you please deal with that? Well, sure. You know, it's exactly the opposite. Obviously, um, they, you know, the Kelly campaign tried to spend, they spent about $1.4 million trying to take me down. And instead, you know, we're running far ahead in the polls, um, thank God. And, and now, so that now they're trying to get help, I believe, from the DGA. You know, there's an interesting thing we discovered in the financial report. Kelly's financial report, Kelly Schultz's financial report has $25,000 paid to a, uh, a consultant in Arizona, the same town as the DGA action uh, that published the, the ads uh, has the, um, as the source of the ads. So it's very curious. It's interesting. But that aside, here's the real truth. The reason why both sides are concerned is because we are running to correct the issues of freedom, that we will not let them get away with what they've done for the last two years. Just like my good friend Mike Peruca has said, we need to investigate this and, and prosecute anybody who has caused a violation of rights. We've had kids die because of what has happened. We've had children that took their lives. In, in our district, as you know, Jennifer, 34% increase in suicidal ideations because of these lockdowns and these mandates that were illegal and unconstitutional. So we've got to get to the bottom of that, but we have to make sure the Constitution is always honored because that's the civil rights of the people. That's the right that that is protected because it came from God. And so that's the the focus of our race and that's why the democrats are concerned because it's a broad policy of freedom you know the independents in this state are are hugely supportive of these policies and my campaign they're not so much supportive of kelly schultz because she's just simply doing exactly what the democrats would do on these issues so there's no difference so why would you have a uh, need to choose between you know a a real freedom republican or a democrat you can't because she doesn't have this, these issues at all, and she's never – in fact, she's the cause of the problem uh, in many aspects. So when you look at the, the numbers, we're actually uh, – Kelly Schultz and I are actually tied with the Democrat support at about 20 percent. And you know, if you look at the Goucher poll and you look at the 80 percent, they ask it in reverse for me because they want to you know, you know, put me down kind of thing. But if you look at the numbers, they, they published it right there in the Baltimore Sun – um, we have similar uh, base support from Democrats who are freedom lovers who are said enough is enough, enough of the craziness. We're looking for somebody who's going to reaffirm and reestablish the freedoms that we want and we hold dear. And, and that's what we need, because with 25 percent of the Democrat vote and with uh, a, you know, the independent turnout in our favor and with a, a groundswell of the red wave, we will win, and that's why the Democrats are afraid. Somebody who's lukewarm, somebody who's a rhino, cannot get the red wave. And this happens to help all the down-ballot races because, as you know, Jennifer, we have more Republicans elected in Maryland than Democrats across the spectrum. We're talking about local races, county executive, county council, county commission, uh, local towns, mayors, et cetera. 
there are more Republicans elected across this state than Democrats. And right now, the down ballot is poised for a red wave. But if you don't have excitement at the top, if you don't have a reason to come out and wave the flag of freedom and say, let's go vote for our party principles, which is the America first agenda from, you know, the President Trump is also defending. And that's why I'm so honored to have his endorsement is if you don't have that, you're not going to have a red wave. You're going to have a lukewarm you know, turnout. There's not going to be this excitement. And so all the down ballot races will be harmed. So this whole that no this whole narrative that's being painted by the Hogan people and the Kelly Schultz people is actually exactly the opposite. And they know it. And that's why the Democrats are attacking me. Well, I agree with everything you said. And I think that there's one other point that people might want to think about. I think the candidate's going to be the comptroller. The WAPO just endorsed Tom Perez, but I think that's a last-minute Hail Mary. I think it's going to be the comptroller. And I think that Kelly and the comptroller are buddies. That's what I think. You heard it here on live air. But, you know, when you when you work in the Hogan administration, the comptroller—listen, I've interviewed him. I like him. I like him. I actually like the comptroller. I just don't like his policies. No different than Kelly. I like Kelly. I just don't like her policies. But when you're—what's the problem with politics? It's become about friendships and buddies. And we've got that in Annapolis right now. We need to break up the cabal in Annapolis and stop having it be about backroom deals and strong-arming people in the halls of Annapolis to get what they want and have it actually represent what the people want. Then you'll find that people are far more conservative in Maryland than they've been letting us believe. And, right. You know, if I could, if I could say real, real quick, Jennifer, yep. a lot of people are mistaken to think that Francho is a moderate, but he's actually a radical Tacoma Park uh, liberal leftist. Right. He actually has called for the abolition of our cars by 2035. He wants to go full electric. But yet we don't have an electric grid for that. So I'm looking forward. If he ends up being the nominee, I'm looking forward to challenging him and going toe-to-toe -to -toe with him and, and showing Maryland why freedom is much better than, than his totalitarianism. Yeah, I don't think it's really realistic that we're going to go back to horseback, horse, uh, horseback and buggy. <laughs> anyway, I'd like to bring on Michael Perutka, who's running for attorney general in the great state of Maryland. And um, we're not going to have a break at this segment because I want to keep going and have this conversation because it's really important. We've just become aware of a situation happening that could be the um, indications of election fraud or perhaps the mechanism by which it could occur with the duplication of ballots. So, Dan, I'd like for you to speak on it in just a moment. But, Michael, good morning and welcome to Success Happens. Michael? Michael Perutka, are you there? Did we lose him? Okay, so apparently we lost Michael. So if you could uh, speak to that uh Dan, um, sure. I sent you something that came across my desk from yeah, well, is, uh, Robin Sachs with Maryland Election Integrity Group. Well, this has to do with the uh, web delivery of ballots. You know, right now, uh, Maryland, unfortunately, allows the delivery of ballots via a, a Internet download, which I, I think is uh, very, very dangerous because you have um, the ability to duplicate it uh, and the chain of custody of that ballot is outside of the of the law. But I think the reason why they're they're attempting to hand transfer those over into uh, lawful ballots is to try to 
try to uh, protect um, you know, the integrity and to say, you know, we understand that people could be duplicating web download ballots, and so we're going to have a, a double procedure that where the elections officers have to hand uh, transfer these web ballots onto actual ballots, and there's 54,000 that have been downloaded, so who knows how many will be actually handed in. But those will be hand-transferred over to live ballots by sworn election officials, and that'll take a couple weeks. Now, I, I think that's a very dangerous thing to be doing. It's ridiculous because how in the world are you going to have so many people voting? on? Basically, you're having election officials voting for you because you downloaded a ballot off the Internet that they let you download. And then they're supposed to be checking to make sure you didn't vote twice, to make sure this is a lawful registered voter. Um, it's That's a, a, recipe it's a recipe for fraud, Dan. That's a recipe it is, for it, fraud. It's a recipe for fraud. Now, we do know this as Republicans. We're, we're, we're actually feeling very comfortable right now with the turnout on our side because our people are turning out in the, in the early voting in a big way. For instance, Montgomery County had a 1% turnout. It's very sad and dismal. Um, but, uh, you know, all of the red counties were, were much higher, like the Eastern Shore had a 4.5% 4, 4 turnout in early vote. And, and that's interesting. And Republicans were outvoting Democrats in, in all, you know, across the state in the early vote, which is very interesting. It shows excitement on our side because why? Republicans do not early vote as a matter right. of— Right. It's of, usually the other way around. <laughs> it's usually the other way around. And we, the only way Republicans early vote really is because they're going to go on vacation, and so they want to make sure they get it done, which I, I applaud them for that. But we can make sure that we overwhelm the polls. This is what I'm telling everybody who's afraid of fraud. First of all, report anything you see that looks like fraud and suspicious. Report it to the Maryland Elections Board, and if you'd like, we would appreciate you copying us by email of that complaint that you file, and make sure you name names and the locations that of the concern. You have to have facts. You can't just say, you know, what you're seeing without specifics so that the Elections Board can actually go and, and, and investigate And this. take now, pictures. You guys have smartphones. Take, take pictures. Well, where it's lawful, yes. You know, you're not allowed to go inside the building and take pictures and all that. But in any case, get the complaint filed and uh, please copy our campaign because we do have attorneys that are willing to help if if it becomes necessary to, to file these issues in court. Now, the, the, the way to win, though, I believe, is to have everyone massively turnout. We're calling it flood the polls. And the reason for that is because if you have an overwhelming turnout in, on your side, it's much harder to commit fraud. Um, even when they commit fraud, uh, you end up winning. And that's what happened in Florida with 2020. They committed massive fraud in Florida and Texas, the Democrats did, to try to steal it, as well as some of the rhinos. They were involved as well. And, and yet they could not steal Florida and Texas because of the massive the overwhelming turnout. It was it was incredible. Okay, Dan, I've got Michael Perutka. So good morning, Michael. Welcome back to Success Happens. It's great to have you with us. We've just got a couple minutes. Sure. Uh, I want to make sure we are connecting the dots here between your campaign and your commitment to eliminating election fraud and, frankly, rectifying it from the past. Michael, what say you about uh, the situation right now that we're seeing with these duplicate ballots? Well, thank you. Thank you. Good, good morning, and Jen, and, and good, good morning, Dan, if you're still there. Um, I, good morning, I, Mike. I appreciate being with you. Uh, yeah, as Dan, as Dan said, this is a dangerous situation. Um, and, and in effect, this, this allows the, the election officials to vote for you. I mean, nothing could be, nothing could be more dangerous. Nothing could be more uh, uh, violative of, of the 
of the election process. It's it's just uh, and the high percentage of, of, of those makes it even worse. So, uh, so my question to both of you is, how will you work together to ensure that you're representing all Marylanders to restate and restore uh, ethics and, and, and the legal process, not only in elections, but other things here in the state? I mean, it's just got to be turned around. Well, Jen, I, I, look, forward to, I look forward to working with, with Dan, with, with uh, Governor Cox, because um, this, this this election actually is so. You mentioned at the top of the show, Jen, that, that this is that, that this is the most important election ever, and it's always said. But this is it's 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 really true, um, because this will determine whether we're going to return uh, to restore a, a view of government, whether we're going to have a government that's based on the same principles and ideas of, of our founding fathers and the the the, uh, the worldview that uh, that there is a God and our rights come from Him. They're not privileges of government. We're either going to return to that and restore that, or we're going to continue down the socialist communist road where where we, we move from election officials voting for us. That if, if they can do that, they eventually they don't they don't need us. Uh, and they'll they'll just select uh, leaders rather than elect the leaders. So this is crucial and critical. And and I, I appreciate knowing Dan Cox and, and being associated with him. Because uh, he, he is somebody who understands the worldview of the, of the founders and, and is committed and demonstra demonstrably committed uh, to restoring that, that view of American government. Now, I want to say something to Michael. I met your opponent in the GOP primary. Mm -hmm. And people need to understand very clearly. I'm going to say it again. You must choose America first if you want the outcome that Michael just said. If we do not choose America first, we choose people who are Hogan first or Schultz first. They're individual first. They're not God and country first. And we must rise above these pandering personality politics. And we must restore the integrity of our nation. That's what's really at stake here. Well, Jen, so, what you just... What you just said is very reflective of what George Washington actually said in his farewell address. He said our allegiance needs to be to principle, not not to not to party or what they, what he called faction at that time, uh, which is the you know the, the the belief in man and the following man. We, we need we need to have our sights set on the principles of, of government. It's it's that that I mean that is that is critical. Our allegiance can't be to Hogan or to any. Any health department official or any any agent or agency, it needs it needs to be our, our oath is to the Constitution, and and it's before God and for the benefit of the people, and that's that's where our absolutely. Needs to be. Now I want to just say, uh, let me finish that thought. So Michael is our America First candidate. Let's be super clear about that. Michael yes. Perutka for Attorney General. The other gentleman is very nice. He is not America First. He's part of the whole issues that we're facing so that's right uh, you know let's just get uber clear guys you gotta vote by principle michael how do people support you how do they reach out to volunteer to give you money we need you in annapolis well, well thank you very much. patriots for perutka but patriots the number four perutka p-e-r-o-u-t-k-a that is that is the website and you can get information there about about how to help, of course, you can donate. That's very, very necessary and very needed and very, very appreciated, by the way. Um, uh, 
And so Patriots for Peruca is the, is the place to, to start. There's, there's much to do. We still could use plenty of help. Uh, and and uh, we, we very much appreciate your, your, your help. Oh, God bless you. Thank you, Michael. We'll be in touch. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the victory lane after Tuesday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank okay. you very much. All right. God Thank bless. You. Have a great day. Dan, I'm going to bring in April Miller, who's sitting in the room with me, and she's running for delegate. We've had an issue. I want to make sure I cover with her, but I want to just thank you. What? How can people follow you? And or, Do you have need for volunteers at the polls, sign waving? Yes. Any, what do you need? Oh, yes, yes. We have an army of volunteers across the state, but we need more. We have over 1,500 that have signed up, but we've got to have more because, there, as you know, there's several thousand polls, so a um, couple thousand polls. So we've got to have more help, and uh, this is part of the turnout, you know, the, the, the vote effort to protect our vote is to have eyes on the ground and, and poll watchers. So if you're, if you're wanting to be a poll watcher, we can uh, facilitate a proxy. Um, any campaign can facilitate a proxy, and they can, uh, you know, they'll have the written authority then to watch the count. So... Either way, but also how do they do that? Do they go to coxforfreedom.com? They they do. Thank you. Coxforfreedom.com. Click get involved. That'll come to uh, my campaign manager, Patience Faith, and also to the uh, the captains, and we'll we'll get you involved. And it's it's so good to be on your show. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless uh, April Miller and uh, Mike Peruca. Yes, let's go out and let's win. Thank you, Dan. Have an awesome weekend. See you Tuesday. Thanks, Dan. At the wedding lane. Okay, April. We've got something that you wanted to address, and I and I, uh, you, I read the article. So for anybody who's wondering what's going on, the Frederick News Post covered an incident with Heath Barnes running for delegate. There are four candidates for three seats. Uh, Silliberti, April Miller, and uh, Jesse, Jesse Pippi, Pippi are running for the three. That they, they have my full support. Um, <clears throat> Heath apparently was against full disclosure of budget for the city of Woodsboro, which I happen to live in, and uh, which I find shocking because government is about transparency. What would you like to say about this situation? Yeah, government is about truth and transparency, and that's what we've been fighting in education. We've been fighting MSD. I fought for it on the Board of Ed, uh, letting people know, letting people in. So not allowing that process to happen, not providing budget numbers, not providing staff salaries, things like that. It's we'll a pattern readily, of behavior. Readily. He was reticent to do so. Yeah. Yes, and, and he uh, kind of confused the, the Freedom of Information Act versus actually open meetings and open meetings transactions. And it just it just says how you govern now and how you are as an elected official and how you treat yourself during how you act during a campaign is going to be reflective of how you serve. And I have a lot of concerns. There have been some verbal altercations with, with Heath over with numerous people, including myself and the sheriff, uh, namely unprovoked attacks. There's been a lot of illegal uh, sign placement, misrepresenting himself, and there's been now some some things that are showing up in people's mailboxes with um, his flyer inside an envelope without stamp or postage. So I'm not sure what's going on uh, with that part of it, but that's also federal law. Um, so I'm just, I'm very concerned about ethically. You know how I am, Jen. I just felt I had to have the courage. Your show has really spoken to me today as far as having the courage to stand up for the the truth and that's all that's all i'm trying to do well and i i commend uh, every again every candidate you guys are heroes and and look running a campaign is is not easy it's easy to make mistakes so it's not to condemn but it is to inform and to make sure that people know that who they're putting in office 
is going to do the very best job they can, who comes from information and beliefs that are in sound practices and follow the letter of the law. Because if you guys don't follow the letter of the law, we're going to have hell and chaos out on the streets. So everybody, you're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. Have an awesome week. Thanks. 